about whole separate standard of how you put gas in your car. There's all kinds of stuff of gas you can run out. Propane stove, when you stay cooking and the bugger burning, but all of a sudden, not burning anymore to me because you ran out of gas. Everybody, close your guys' eyes. Close your guys' eyes down there. Here we go. Imagine this now. 50-yard line. You stay running the ball, Super Bowl. You get into the 40, the 30, the 20. All of a sudden, somebody catch you from behind and tackle you on the 5. You ran out of gas. That's what happened. So you got to replenish. Just like the car. Just like John said, you got to replenish the gas in your car. So your car will broke. Everybody's car's broke in the yard. That's what happens eh, when you don't put gas. You got to replenish. You got to keep everything good in your car. By the way, change your oil, but replenish your gas. Pastor Sheldon, take it away on how to replenish. What is that, babe? I'm coming. <laughs> oh boy so fix your car when I was looking at that I was thinking you know when, when uh, husbands tell their wives or wives tell their husbands not to run their gas low it's like now you feel validated right you feel like see I told you you're ruining the car but that's what happens there are things that happen in our cars that we may not know of because we don't understand the whole scope of what makes a car run and what makes it run well and that's just like our soul. It's the inside of our bodies that we don't know how it runs well. We don't know what keeps it replenished. We don't know what keeps it going. And sometimes we do the outside very well. We take care of the outside of our bodies. But it's the inside that really matters. It's the soul care. In this series that we're going through, The Habit, we're going to look at a couple of habits today and how we can replenish our soul. And habit is defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice especially one that is hard to give up. And habits can be good as well as bad, but we want to develop good, godly habits. And we want to learn how we can replenish our souls. We love it when life is good, but we despise the times when life is not going so well and it's draining. And so we're going to learn how we can purposefully develop the habit of replenishing our life so that we can function at our very best. So you can take out your bulletin and there's some notes in there that will help you to follow along. By the way, I just want to uh, let you know what's happening this morning. Yesterday, one of our air conditioners kicked off and so we were trying to fix it and to no avail. And so uh, we just made the decision to do it old school style and open all the windows and doors and pray that God sends a breeze. And right now it's about 81 degrees Thank God we live in Hawaii, though, because in Phoenix, it's 90 degrees. And uh, in, I believe it was uh, Atlanta, right? They call it Hotlanta. It's about 94 degrees. So it's only 81 degrees right now. Cool. So we live in Hawaii. Uh, just enjoy the sunny weather. It could be worse. It could be storming right now. And we're all soaked and wet. So just trying to give us perspective and... Uh, you got ice water this morning, which is perfect. Yeah, ice water. You can drink your ice water. <laughs> if you need to put it on your head, then put it on your head. Uh, some of you came in t-shirts, shorts, and slippers. That's fine. Some of you came in without shirt and just, you know, shorts, surf shorts, and uh, you're no longer here. I, I think you went to the beach. But we're, we're, th that's the way it is this morning, and so thank you for your grace. I just want to say thank you, especially to Tom Krieger. Uh, yesterday, they were trying everything to make this work, and other things were happening. And so Tom Krieger uh, just worked so hard. He's our uh, facilities overseer. He and Chad Koneko, uh, Chad was helping him, and all of our volunteers got everything set for today. And we never realize what goes on behind the scenes. 
You know, we come to church and things are just here, but there's a ton of people. Uh, so can we just say thank you to all of those that are serving right now and those who have this past weekend. <laughs> I, was, I was at my friend's house this past week and uh, I, I've never seen this happen. You know how dogs have the shock collar? And it's, it, it trains them to stay within a certain parameter. And uh, poor dogs, you know, they, 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 we were trying our very best to train them and teach them. But some of them, maybe they need a shock collar. And I, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's uh, uh, something that people battle with. All I know is that the dog had a habit of running into the house. But because we were there as guests and there was a couple of other people... The owner felt, well, I need to change the parameter because I don't want the dog to run in the house because we have people over. Well, the dog didn't know that, that the owner changed the parameter. So the dog, right when the door opened, by habit, the dog ran in the house and, and you know, it's not that, it's not that bad. I mean, it is bad, but I'm kind of overdramatic. And so you could hear the thing beeping, beep, 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 beep. That means the dog is getting a little shock. And the, the, the quicker the beeps, the more the dog is getting shocked. And I didn't know this. And I'm like, hey, hello, hello, doggy. And, and so the dog's like, he's getting shocked. And, and she's running around. And I'm thinking, wow, this dog, ADD. You know, there's, there's some hypertension going on. And so I'm, I'm trying to pet the dog and, and befriend the dog. And then the dog goes under the dinner table. And it's kind of just hiding and shaking. Like, I don't want to go out. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And you just hear the beeping, beep, 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 beep. And the owner looks at the dog and now dawns on them that, wait a minute. We changed the parameter so the dog is, is getting shocked. So they took, took off the collar and you just, you, you just see the dog like, oh, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what just happened. And the dog is just sitting there. And then I guess it's, the dog is more relaxed now. Because if you're getting, you know, shocked, your muscles tense up. So I, I guess the dog was tired and so the dog is lying down. And the dog was fine after that. And I thought about habits. Like the dog had a habit of running into the house and just took the pain of getting shocked while being in the house, not understanding what was going on. Like my dog, if I put a shock collar on my dog... And maybe some of your dogs, they would just take the hit, wouldn't they? They would just be like, I don't care. I just, I want to go out of the yard and just, I don't care. And they just would stay out there. Look out how far. I'm far from the house. I'm far. And they'll just take the hit. They'll just take the hit. They'll see other dogs with shock collars and they'll be like, this is, you know, I don't care. I'm getting shocked right now. I'm out of the house right now. I hate being cooped up. And it's like they would just take the hits. And some dogs do. Some, and owners have told me this, they will run past that line and just keep going and, and then it wears off because they're too far. It just kicks off. And I thought, that's, that's kind of like us as human beings. Think about it. What if we had shock collars? What if we had shock collars for habits? Let's just say you're working on a particular habit. You, you're, you're, you're addicted to social media. Just hypothetically, okay, don't look at no one next to you. I'm just thinking hypothetically, if you're always on your gadget, you're always on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or watching TV, and, and that was your habit, and you're trying to break that habit, what if you had a shock collar every time you just jumped into that habit? I mean, would you actually stop? Or would we be so addicted to it that we would just pick it up and just, oh, I just got to scroll just a little bit. 
Oh, Facebook, Facebook. Oh, like. Oh, oh what else? Like. Oh, I got to check Instagram. How many likes do I have? Oh, 70 likes for my selfie. And we just, oh, 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 oh. that was worth it. That was worth it. Or some people are actually, now exercise is good. But some people are actually addicted to it. That they'll go five, six hours, neglect family to exercise. Now think about it. What if we had a shot collar for that? That because you have that habit of just uh, neglecting and you go into what you want to do if you had a shot collar. Imagine if you went to the gym and let's just say you carved out an hour and a half. But today you feel like, oh, I want to get in extra pumps. I just like extra pumps. And you lie on the bench press and then you're just about to bench or press one, just one rep. And then all of a sudden you get shocked. It's like, this is, ah. Oh. What would you do? Would you stop at that point and say, you know what, it's not worth it? Or would you just press to it? This is okay, this is okay, I'm, I'm good with this. And just take the hit while you're in your habit. Or when it comes to the refrigerator, some of, a, some of us have the habit of just going to the refrigerator. We are not even hungry. We just walk to the refrigerator, open the refrigerator, scan it a little while, just kind of look. What is that tinfoil? I don't know. What is this? What is that? Okay, close that, open the freezer. Some of us, we do double. We just grab and just kind of, what do we have? Oh, no, nothing to eat. No, you just know like cook. And then you go to the cupboards. It's like, what do I get to eat? What do I get? What snacks? We get snacks. Oh, no more nothing to eat. It's a habit that we have. Habits can be good as well as bad. Now, today, you're going to find a couple things, some areas that you're going to say, boy, this is a habit. Now, you get to determine if it's good or bad. However, I would suggest that not only you ask yourself, is it good or is it not good, but you ask the Lord, is this a good habit or a habit that I shouldn't have? Because if the habits we have control us without knowing it, that's a part of having a habit, then I wonder if our souls are being drained because we don't know how to balance out our habits, especially the habit to replenish. See, we don't naturally drift towards replenishing our soul. We actually drift away from it because we try to take care of the outside. And we live in a society that says you got to look good. You have to look the part. Forget the inside. The problem with that is the world will only use you as long as you're performing. And normally what happens is not your performance goes down and then you go in a downward spiral or you see your career go bad or your family go bad or life go bad. It's usually the inside that goes bad first, our soul. And even when our souls go bad, because we've, been, we've developed the habit of performance, we can operate without our soul being replenished for a long time. And we can perform, we can act it out, we can put on the smile, we know what muscles to use, and yay, everything's going good. But underneath the surface, things are going bad. And people don't realize what's happening on the inside because we play the part so well on the outside. And if we don't know how to develop the habit of replenishing, it won't be too long before the entire car breaks down. The Bible tells us this in Hebrews 5.14, and we can read this together. This is our scripture for our series. Hebrews 5.14, in the New King, excuse me, in the New 
uh, American Standard Bible. We're going to read it together. Ready? Go. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Practice. That's the Greek word hexis, which is a habit of whether the body or the mind, uh, a, a power acquired through practice or use or custom. It's like you continuously do something over and over. And when it comes to soul care, you got to do that over and over and over because we just don't take care of our souls. Now, some of us do. We understand that. And so we try to do things that replenish us. But if we're not careful, we'll drift into performance rather than soul care. And everything is exterior. See, our soul is the actual part of us that is eternal. Our soul is that invisible part of us that's eternal. And our, our, our soul is the actual real us. That's who we really are. It's, it's our soul. It's not the way we perform. It's not our, our personality. Because we can fake those things, but you can never fake your soul. Either our soul is doing well or it's kind of like on, on, on it's plateauing or it's decaying. But we can't hide that for too long. And sometimes what we try to do is master the habits that give us a greater, a great outer appearance, but we have yet to master how to take care of the inner, our soul. And just as we need to take care of our physical bodies, we, we need to take care of our soul. So how do we do that? Psalm 124, verse 4. It says, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. So think of it this way. Who, who is going to care for your soul? I mean, the Bible is saying no one is going to care for my soul. So whose responsibility is it? Yeah, it's our responsibility. No one else is going to care for our soul. It's our responsibility to do so. And every single one of us can develop habits for replenishing our soul. And here's how. Here's the first thing. And you want to write this in if you're taking notes. Develop a habit for soul care. And you might be thinking, I don't know, I don't know how. What, what does that look like? I, I have the faintest idea, the vaguest idea on how, what that looks like. I don't know how to take care of my soul. I can do exercise. I can eat right. But how do I do that for my soul? Mother Teresa said it very well. She said, to keep a lamp burning, we have to put oil in it. To keep our life going, we have to put something in our soul. Something needs to keep our life going. Our life. Not work, because work is not your life. But what is going to be put into our life? Not ministry, because ministry is not your life. Your family is not even your life. If you're a believer... You know where your life comes from? It comes from Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now that may seem foreign to many of you. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And some of us try to operate away from Christ because we don't want to be recognized as a religious person. Jesus is far from being a religious person. He's a savior. He is Lord. 
He's not about the, the do's and don'ts. He's about who you are. It's about being. And being in the likeness of Christ. Develop a habit for soul care. 2 Corinthians 7.1 tells us, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. See, it's the inside. We work towards complete holiness out of our fear of God. And when we work towards that holiness, now we're doing something for our spirit. Not just the body, but our spirit, the inner man. And when we neglect our inner life, then we run the risk of wasting away the sacred gift of parenting, the sacred gift of leading, the sacred gift of marriage. We run that risk. And we run the risk of being destructive instead of being productive. Jesus constantly invited his followers to take on the easy yoke. He said, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy. My burdens are light. And we will never grow healthy families. We will never grow healthy communities. We will never grow healthy cities and and healthy environments unless that individual is healthy in their soul. We're very good at, at equipping each other and equipping people for the outward appearance and how to perform better, how to get the work produced and how to, how to get better in our jobs and careers. We got that down. We have videos that we can watch. We, we have information at the palm of our hands how we can do things better. But very rarely is it for soul care. It's usually for what we do rather than who we are. And so how do, I, how, do, how do I get better at this? Oh, I can just watch a video or I can go to school. I can get better at something in a craft or a, a career or a, a skill or a profession, which is fine. But if we're neglecting our soul, it won't be too long where something is going to break down. Our soul needs to be replenished. And maybe we're like that because we have yet to develop habits to take care of our soul. Companies will not be ethically healthy unless their employees are spiritually healthy. Families will not be better unless the individuals in the family are better in their soul care. Marriages are not going to get any better unless each individual takes care of their soul. You can do the steps of what makes a great marriage, but if the soul is not going well, it won't be too long to where those techniques cannot keep up with you. Your soul is just going to be destroyed. Something needs to take care of our soul. You know, I've often said that we're not here to build a big church. We're here to build big people, healthy people. And not just physically, but more importantly, spiritually. Our spirit will far outlast our bodies. Yeah, we want to take care of our bodies, but we also want to make sure that our spirits are doing well. See, the exterior, the outside We don't know what's going on the inside. We can see what's happening on the outside. We can see when someone's in a bad mood in our family. You know, they'll throw a tantrum. They'll they'll stomp their feet. They'll have a frown or you'll hear it in their voice. But the soul, hard to determine. So here's the second thing that we can develop as a habit. Take better care of the backstage of my life than the front stage. The backstage. Very rarely do we take care of what's hidden. The behind the scenes things. Take care, take better care of the backstage rather than the front stage. Now, 
what I'm about to say might, might, might be a little, you just, you just have to kind of sift through this, okay, and, and ponder on it for a while. You're going you're gonna to have to think through this. How long do we take to take care of our exterior? How long did it take you to get ready this morning? How long did it take you to pick out your clothing? Now, sometimes for some people, uh, I'm not picking on a gender, but I'll just use as an illustration, oftentimes women will pull something out and they'll get dressed, go to their husbands and specifically ask, how do I look? And the husband, most of the times, will say, you look great. And she'll go, really? Ah. And then she'll go in the closet and pick something else. Like our critique don't matter. It's like, how do I look in this? You look beautiful in their minds. If I look beautiful to you, you don't even know how to match your clothes. So I'm not going to wear what you think I should wear. So they go and change. And it maybe takes 10 or 15 minutes just to pick out something else before you get ready. Sometimes husbands, to dress up, we just wear a nice shirt. That's our dressing up. Nice shirt and maybe expensive slippers. That's like upgrade. And maybe I go wear my watch today. It's, it's, sometimes it's simple. But it, it takes us time to get ready. How often... Do we take time to get our soul ready? Even for the day. See, while we're getting ready on the outside, our soul is dying on the inside to get ready for the day. Let me ask you this question. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you're at a family gathering or whatever it would be, and the pressure is on, do you think your body takes more of a hit than your soul? No. Your soul acts, actually takes the hit. When someone says something negative to you, your body can take it. It's a physical thing. Your body can take it, but your soul is what is being damaged. Not your body. Your body is fine. It's your soul. When someone cuts you down, when someone says something to you that hurts you, it's not your body that's hurt, it's your soul. Yet we take better care of our bodies than we do our soul. That's the backstage. That's, a, that's the back end of our, of our life. It's the hidden things. Matthew 23, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said it so well to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious leaders and they did a very good job at the performance part but not the soul care. And Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And he uses the word hypocrites. That's the word that we use as an actor or a pretender, a hypocrite. They would have plays and the actor was recognized as a hypocrite. They could have the worst day, but when the show is on, so is their performance. And so he says, you hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the, what? Inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Here's what Jesus is so good at. He is so good at killing two birds with one stone. He says, sometimes what we try to do, and he's addressing the Pharisees, you're trying to clean the outside. But now you got to go back and clean the inside. you got to do two jobs. However, if you clean the inside, 
the outside is automatically clean. So what Jesus is helping us to understand is focus on the inward and then the outward would take care of itself because it's the inward that is feeding the outward. It's not the other way around. We can take care of the exterior, but it's never going to feed our soul. It's never going to replenish our soul. However, the soul can replenish the outside. You'll be able to understand better. You'll be able to have a, a more wisdom. Your countenance will change. Your demeanor will change. Your joy will change. And when that changes, people will see a difference in you. Not because you're trying to take care of the outside, but because you're doing something on the inside. You're letting the Lord take care of the soul part of you. And then people will begin to recognize there's something different about you. There's just something different. Is it my hair? Because I did my hair. No. Although, yeah, you did your hair different. There's just something different about you. Not how you look, but you. Sometimes they'll say it like this. I like this you. And sometimes they'll say, I don't like this you. They're talking about our soul, clean the inside first rather than the outside. In high school, my friend had a car that he kind of duked up and he sold it. And another friend of mine wanted to buy it because he made it look really, really good. And my friend that actually was selling it told me, hey, tell your friend, don't buy it. I said, what? You're the one selling it. He said, yeah, but tell him don't buy it. I don't, I don't want to do this to him. I said, what do you mean? He says, yeah, you saw, the, remember that car that was all rusted in my yard and it was all broken down? I said, yeah. He said, that's the car. I'm like, no way. He said, yeah. I said, that car looks brand new. It's nice and the paint job is excellent. The interior is so beautiful. You, you mean that rust bucket that was in your car, uh, in, in your yard, that's the car? He says, yeah. And you're selling that for $1,000? He says, yeah, but tell your friend don't buy it. I want to sell it to somebody I don't know or you don't know. I'm like, well, that's kind of cruel. So I told my friend, I said, you know what? I know who uh, is selling that car. And believe me, I, I saw that car before the paint job. You don't want to buy it. He says, no, no, no. It's nice. I drove it. I test drove it. Everything's nice. Interior is great. Smells good. Paint job is great. I said, yeah, that's the problem. It's all exterior. But under the surface, there are so many rust holes he said, no, 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 it's in perfect condition. I said, no, it's not. I saw that car before. And I know my friend well enough to know, hey, he's not in the restoration business. He's in the cover-up business. He knows Bondo very well. And he did. He covered it up. Well, my friend didn't listen. Bought it for $1,000. It wasn't but three months later, you see rust bubbles appearing all over the car. My friend came to me, he goes, you saw my car. You saw the rust popping up. I said, what did I tell you? He said, I couldn't see. I couldn't see the rust underneath. I didn't know. I said, that's why I told you. He didn't restore the car. He just covered it up. Now listen very carefully. Jesus is not in the cover-up business. He's in the restoration business. He restores our soul. He doesn't cover our soul. He doesn't put on a, a, a veneer exterior to make us look good. He says, I want to take care of the inside. It's the inside that's dying. It's not the outside. It's the inside. He wants to take care of our soul. He says, take care of the backstage 
Not the front end, not the front stage, not what people see, but what I see. That's what I want to do. I want to take care of your soul. See, our private life is the spokesperson for our public life. You may be putting on an exterior, but your private life is actually speaking. We just don't know it because we've developed a habit to perform. It's a habit. It's a habit. I've tried this. I've, I have this habit. And, uh, okay, I'm just being transparent. We're all family. I have a habit of being here at church, and it's, just, it's automatically a, peop, a people skill of mine to greet people in a certain way. And certain individuals, like I'll greet certain people like, good morning, it's so good to see you because I actually feel that it's good to see them. But I never do that with my family. I never do that. And I've tried that. I went to a party one time, and I think it was a Super Bowl. And I went to my family members. I said, oh, good morning. It's so good to see you. Like a church greeting. They're like, what? what's wrong with you? I said, I was just trying to see how, how it worked. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They know my interior. They know me. My mom knows me, right? Mom, if I came up to you and said, hi, mom. How are you? Oh, so good to see you. She'd be like, okay, you went mental. But that's just how we are at church we, because we want to put on the joy of the Lord. But the question is, do I really have the joy of the Lord? Am I really joyful to see people? And I challenge myself. Am I in the habit of just exterior? And I do love people, so don't get me wrong. So when I greet you this morning, don't be like, yeah, you don't even love me. You're just saying that. You have to do that. You're a pastor, that's why. You have to greet me like that. But I wonder, is it a habit of mine? I want to have a habit of replenishing. I want to have a habit that says, Lord, I want to take care of the inside so that the outside is automatic, that we can love people genuinely. we got to take special care and responsibility for the inside. Less the positions we're in or as being a parent or, or wherever we may be in life. Less all those things become an act. Even being with our closest friends. That we got to take care of the inside. I love how Mark 8.36 puts it. What do you profit or what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So I want to do a quick exercise with us this morning because uh, we've heard about five things that fill and five things that drain. And if you haven't heard about that, you just choose five things that fill your soul, that fill your soul. Uh, I can give a couple of them for me. Like I, I love sports or basketball. I love playing basketball. Like after church, as long as we are here at church from, you know, 5.30 in the morning or getting up at 4.00 till 12 o'clock in the afternoon, a full eight to nine hour day, I just love playing basketball after church because it fills my soul. I may not be good at it, but it fills my soul. So it's not about being good at something. It's what fills your soul. I love movies. I love watching movies. It fills my soul. But I cannot watch movies that has swearing in it because when there's a lot of, you know those, the, we call them the F-bombs. Sorry, I'm just 
letting you know. It, it just, it kills my soul. I cannot handle that. It's just, it's just hard for me. So I got to be careful, even what fills me, to be careful of what fills me. I also love going to the beach. That fills my soul. And today looks like a good day to fill my soul. Go play basketball and then go to the beach. So those are a couple of things that fill my soul. Things that drain me. Traffic. Crazy drivers. That drains me quick. It drains me quick. When things don't go my way, I get drained quickly. I got to work on that. That's an issue of mine. But I get drained quickly. So think of those things, things that fill you and drain you. But uh, just to do an exercise, and um, I want to give you some uh, uh, tips on uh, maybe some areas that you can look at that maybe you don't think it's a habit. And we want to see if it is. So here, here's an exercise. And you, you might have to do this part later, but you list down everything that you do on a regular basis. But for today, just pick one thing that you do regularly. Just one thing that you do regularly. And we're going to see if you actually enjoy it or if it's just a habit. Okay, so you might have to sift through your mind, what do I do on a daily basis? What do I do? Some suggestions I can give to you. Uh, watch TV, uh, social media, uh, daily basis, clean up. Maybe you just love cleaning. Uh, eating. Well, we got to eat every day, right? We got to survive. Okay, but eating can be one. That can be a habit, and we'll see why. So just think through, what are some habits, okay? And, and here's, here are some questions, and you got to answer this, okay? You can nod your head or you can verbally say yes, and it will be fun for the person next to you because, okay, let's just try this. So for each question, you just got to answer yes or no. Here's the question. With that area that you're thinking of, that habit, if you really enjoy it or if it's a habit, do you engage into it without realizing it? Like you automatically just go to it without realizing it. Like you don't have to think about it. It's just automatic. Let's just say TV. You come home, you don't even have to think about it. You sit down, you grab the remote control, click. You don't even have to think about it. Like you don't have to strategize to watch TV. Okay, so that's just an example. Second question, do you lose focus or lack of interest after a short period of time doing it? You just lose, lose focus. Are you easily distracted by what you are doing? Does it distract you by what you are doing? Do you sometimes believe that what you are doing is a waste of time and that you should be doing something else? Oh yeah, that one really got to us. Do you engage into it because you believe there is nothing else or better for you to do? Last question. Do you engage into it to pass time. And she says, ah, I'm bored. I'm going to do this. Ah, I'm bored. I'm going to clean house. Ah, I'm bored. I'm going to watch some TV. Ah, I'm bored. I'm going to do this. So if you answered yes to two of those questions, what you're doing is actually a habit. And you really don't enjoy it. It's just a habit. It's something that you do out of routine. So you got to you got to think, okay, so is it filling my soul? And when, you, when we talk about something that fills your soul, things that are not sinful. Like we can say, oh, five things that fill me. I can think of five things that fill me. But it's illegal. It's not good for our 
our, our health. So what fills our soul that is healthy? And here's the last thing, and the most important. Restore my soul often. Often. Not even weekly. But more than that. Sometimes daily. Sometimes a, a couple of times in a day. You got to restore your soul. You got to think through how am I going to restore my soul? Sometimes people ask me, how often do you spend time with Jesus? I say, what do you mean? I say, yeah, like, like when do you spend time with Jesus? When do I do my devotions or when do I spend time with Jesus? Yeah, well, when do you do your devotions? I said, well, those are two different things. Because we can actually read the Bible and have not really spent time with the Lord. Now, it can be, a, it can be a, a, almost like a, wait a minute, how can that be possible? Isn't the word of God Christ? Is that not him? Because the word became flesh and the word is God? Well, even the devil knows the word of God. So we can be, we got to be careful that we're not just reading the word of God because we're in the habit of just checking off, I did my devotions. Close the Bible and then go off into our day. And then forget about Jesus the entire day until something comes up that I need the Lord. So really, the best time to spend with Jesus is all day. All day. That's the beautiful side to him being omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. So practice the habit of restoring your soul daily by being with Jesus. Just invite him into your day. And you got to develop that habit because it won't be too long that you forget that you're actually with him or he with you. You just go on with the day. I love how Psalm 51 puts it. King David said it like this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Sustain me with a willing spirit. Sustain me. Rest. Support. That you're going to support me. You're going to refresh me. You're going to revive me with a willing spirit, a generous spirit, a noble spirit, a righteous spirit, an honorable and ethical spirit. That's what he's doing. He's restoring our soul. I, I, I heard it put this way. The path to external success and internal emptiness are often found on the same road. That's why we need to restore often our souls. The path to external success and internal emptiness are often on the same road. And our souls begin to decay. Psalm 41 verse 4, King David, after talking about the Lord being his strength and, and helping him and, and delivering him. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul. For I have sinned against you. Did you know that for some of us, to restore our soul is simply asking Jesus for forgiveness. And healing for our soul. See, forgiveness is great. But sometimes we don't ask for healing for our soul. Learn soul care. Just 
just acknowledging that we have a soul that needs care, and just by you acknowledging that my soul needs care is a great first step. Because you can move from there on. We call it the, 20, the, the shepherd's psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. But then it says this in verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Isn't that beautiful? That, yeah, I... Lord, you're all I need. Yeah, Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not be in want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You quiet my soul. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. Maybe we don't need to change some of our habits. Maybe we do. Maybe there are some habits that, yeah, we can, we can get rid of. Maybe, maybe we need to learn some good godly habits on soul care. But probably the most important of them all is to let the shepherd restore your soul. And we don't do that often, but today we can. Maybe you've been feeling empty and you've been feeling lost and you don't know why. You really can't put your finger on it. You're just wondering what's happening. Maybe our soul needs care. And like a car, if everything is running dry, maybe that last few drops of gas and that soul part of us, there were some, some things in there that caused our, our heart to get clogged. And maybe our hearts to run bad. Let Jesus restore your soul. It's a story of a four-year-old boy. His name was Tommy and their Sunday school had to remember and memorize the 23rd Psalm. And so they all put it to memory and everyone went home. They had their their cards that they could recite over and over the shepherd's Psalm. And Tommy would practice with who he called Gamma, which was his grandmother. And he would just practice with her over and over and over and over. Well, it came the day of the recital. And one by one, the children went up and everyone did a knockout job and people applauded. But Tommy felt restless because he's the last one now and he doesn't want to blow it. And so he said, Gamma, I don't know if I can do this. She said, Tommy, you've memorized this inside and out. You got it down. You remember the steps and you remember everything. You said it over and over. You didn't even need the card. He said, yeah, but Gamma, what if I mess up? She says, you're not going to mess up. You'll do a great job. Go ahead, Tommy. Go get him. Well, Tommy comes up on stage and and he just gets stage fright. And he becomes frightened and and now he's nervous. And so he begins and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And now he's blank. And his grandmother saying, go on, Tommy, go on. And Tommy looks around and he sees some people laughing, some children kind of snickering, and he gets so discouraged. But on the inside, he says, Lord, I forget the 23rd Psalm. I've forgotten it. And just then, it's like the Lord touched his heart 
Tommy smiled and he said with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I need to know. <laughs> oh. See, the Lord is our shepherd. That's all we need to know. He restores our soul. Develop the habit of replenishing. And we can because we have a shepherd who does that for us. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, thank you for being the one who restores our soul. And right now, Lord, I just pray for all of us that whatever is inside of us that is, that is not going right, maybe we just can't put our finger on it. Maybe it is our soul. Can you just breathe your Holy Spirit to restore our soul? We've been running, Lord. We've been trying to take care of people. We've been trying to take care of our family members. We've been trying to take care of dad, son, mom, daughter, friend, neighbor, co-worker. We've been trying to take care of everyone else but ourselves. Not in a selfish way, Lord, but maybe today. Today is our day. To replenish our soul. Thank you for being our shepherd. And that's all we need to know. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Can we just say thank you to our shepherd who takes good care of our soul.